It's the Featured Players Podcast. Featuring your hosts, Bram Binderoff and Brendan Noel. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Riggle. Good morning, Vietnam. And we are here at the Featured Players Podcast. You have champagne problems, we have champagne problems. It's the Featured Players, episode number six. And as always, I am Bram Benderoff, half of the Featured Players. And we have here my delightful co-host, Brendan Noel. Thank you for uh, that introduction, Bram. I'm impressed that you remembered your name, since I didn't remember that last week. And so that's why you're starting things off this week. I failed in the very basic task of introducing the show. Yeah, yeah. Last week, last week we determined that you were actually the problem persistent on the show because when uh you decided that uh your voice was uh was out clearly one week uh we had one of us saying too much as evidenced by the fact that i just interrupted you and when i am talking i'm not saying the right thing so i am derailing this podcast and tearing it from the inside so well our listener can't hear but i was the one who launched into the show and i definitely take a very long time to launch into the show and no one else has to deal with that but you brendan and i'm i don't know i guess i'm relieved that you don't fire me from the show but um as long as we are just wrapping up the season i believe it's going to be only four more episodes uh i don't i don't mind keeping you around as my co-host for this time i appreciate that we'll... um but you know just you better you yeah, watch I mean, yourself, we're going to have to reevaluate to at the end of the season. I mean, I haven't I haven't had a lot of speaking roles, but I've been present, I think, throughout the podcast. And so hopefully that means that the signs are pointing up to me coming back to the featured players in the fall. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there's, there's a, either it's like it's by frequency of appearances. I think you're definitely good to get another year of being paid $5,000 a week. But uh, in general, you know, you you got to step it up and you have to be like a substantial co-host. And uh, let's hope that this is the episode where you really uh, get your time to shine and, pr- and prove that you're actually not the problem. If we were uh, paid five cents a week for this podcast, we would be vastly overpaid. So I'll take my 5K if that's what's being doled out. Yeah. Instead, instead we are in the <laughs> we red. We really are. <laughs> Please leave us a review on iTunes. We... It actually costs money to have a podcast, but we like it for creative expression. Oh, hey, I don't want to derail us too much, but uh, we actually have a guest what? on this week's show, and it's, uh, yes, we do, and it's from the uh, the Adios Amigos podcast. We had the one Adios Amigos. Uh, oh, yeah, I also remembered the name of that show. Good for you. Uh, so now call. we're having the other one, and, th- yeah, we're having the other one, and that is Beth Gooden. Welcome, and- Beth. There she is, yeah. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, um... I've been... I've had my, <laughs> my name run into the mud on this show, and I'm finally here to defend myself. Yeah, and she's here with her fists ready for punching Brendan, because he is the problem. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a valiant There's no violence. I'm sorry about on that. this podcast. No. A valiant battle to the death to get <laughs> to get a word in. Oh, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm I'm, get, I'm get getting ready to get third wheeled super hard tonight. You are gonna, yeah. I I I, I certainly apologize <laughs> for that. And <laughs> I, uh, 
I'm I sure kid, I kid. We'll see what happens. Third wheel. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm just kidding. I'm six. It'll well, this be fine. Okay, so uh, Brendan, um, we found out that Julie Louis Dreyfus was hosting this episode, and I don't know if we had many reservations about it, but uh, we definitely had a reason to believe that it was going to be a good episode. Yeah, uh, how I do you definitely feel about agree that? with that. I know that coming into this week, knowing that Julie Louis Dreyfus was coming, was kind of a relief the last two episodes weren't bad but they certainly weren't anything to write home about nothing in them was particularly memorable and just overall it had been kind of a meh month for the show and i really i remember really liking julie louis dreyfus's last couple of uh times hosting the show um i remember the first time she hosted was the first season i watched was was watching regularly and i really liked the sketch she did where she was taking the like how to use myspace class at the like at the learning annex and everybody around her was a pedophile and i thought that was really funny and she was the kind of person who brought like the right amount of of sweetness to that role of like she's just a mom who wants to learn myspace with her kids and uh uh, so I always liked her in that. Um, obviously, I'm too young to remember her time on the show in the early 80s. Um, but it's nice that SNL... I, I believe she was the first female cast member to come back and host the show. Is that right? There's certainly that is right, been yeah. many. Uh, but um, she said... And, you know, the the Tina Fey's and the Amy Poehler's have, I mean, have yeah, picked yeah, up Tina since and that Amy. happened. She kind of broke down that particular barrier. Certainly more impressive by the fact that Julie Lee Dreyfus was not on in any of the years where Lorne Michaels was running the show, and yet she is she has kind That's of true. been grandfathered into that era of the show, partly because <clears throat> of her her fame since, but also just because, by all accounts, Julie Lee Dreyfus is a very nice, um, pleasant, and of course talented person. So, I was certainly looking forward to her coming on the show. I kind of thought that if anything would give this month a much needed um, kick in the ass, that that would be the thing to do it. I'm not sure if last night's episode totally succeeded on that front. There were a couple bits here and there that I really, really liked from last night. Um, overall, I don't know if April of 2016 will be the most memorable month in Saturday Night Live history. I thought that it was, and I say this pretty much any time I enjoy an episode, that it was the uh, one of the the best ones in a long time. Um, I... I, definitely I was very happy with it. That's true. I do think it was the best of the month. Um, I just think that to say that is damn near with faint praise. So. Said so the thing about her being the first uh, female cast member to come back and host. It actually is eating at my brain that I don't know that. I, yeah. That I don't know. I think it is true. I feel fact. like I remembered reading that, and yet it it's may just, be it's been true, a long time. But then now. also, I'm trying to. I'm running through cast think, members trying to figure out if that's accurate. I think. I think I remember blurting that fact out at my Passover Seder one year. <laughs> I do know I do know that she was, uh, at the time, the youngest female cast member to ever get hired at Saturday Night Live because she was uh, freshly 21. I do know wow. that. I freshly don't... 21. That's mm-hmm. my favorite uh, clothing store. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny because I think... A we good talked, Christian company. We talked recently about how um, like Sarah Silverman... Uh, we think about as being so young on that show, and I think then that would make even her older than yeah. uh, than when JLD was, was first on the show. And obviously, Sarah Silverman is somebody who's come back and hosts the show after being a cast member who, was, as, as a result of that um, kind of door being open, I have to... Th- I mean, it was almost 10 years ago that Julie Dreyfus first hosted, so it's kind of one of those facts I kind of remember hearing, but it's also been a really long time. 
it very well may be accurate. I just, it, it's generally with like, you know, those SNL fun facts or whatever, generally they're stored somewhere in my brain. Um, they, they get blurred together easily. <laughs> that's true. That is absolutely, they, yeah, they all become one, one thing at, at some point. Um, yeah, I, I had pretty high expectations for this episode, but I'm a person who has high expectations and then, uh, I would rather have high expectations and get disappointed than, than go in cynical. I just, I'm a person who kind of blindly likes the thing I like, the things I like, and that's I like really the opposite. enjoyed this episode. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that's like the opposite of the um, of the Penny Hearts philosophy. <laughs> exactly. It really that's why is. she never asks if a pool is heated. Exactly. I. It's funny because for all of the uh, comparisons I get to Penny on Happy Endings, it, that is one thing where we greatly differ. Um, I go into nearly everything with high hopes and am often disappointed, and I move on just fine. But <laughs> I was not. I wasn't disappointed by this episode. I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a good display of uh of julie dreyfus's talent i mean it she's hard it's it's hard for to mess something up if it has her in it frankly i mean even the stuff that isn't the best in this episode is still pretty good and uh better than some of the best up the best stuff from the past few episodes so yeah i enjoyed it it so it met my expectations because I just am uh, an easily pleased person. <laughs> I I think she was a champ, and she completely met my expectations. And even more so, I I pretty much always forget that she's such a, uh, a talented um, live stage performer or sketch comedy performer because she doesn't necessarily do it that often. So just mm-hmm. seeing her in like that jewelry, the Long Island jewelry sketch, um, it was. It, it it felt great to see her like doing a character, uh, and she was great. And as as usual with uh, when you have a champ um, hosting your show, and Russell Crowe is not a champ in terms of this, uh, you're gonna have your your champ pain problems uh, regarding the um, the featured players. So when you have your champs hosting the show uh, for the featured players. You're gonna you're gonna have a little bit of pain because I don't think this was a very good showcase for the featured players. Uh, particularly, we'll get to it. But John Brunitsky, uh, if we were a little bit excited last week about him having a strange amount of appearances, uh, consider that goodwill wasted because he showed up. I believe you said it was twelve fifty two. 12.52 a.m. in that alien thing at the end of the night was his first appearance. I mean, it was a bad night for John Ronitsky, and to be honest, it was an even worse night for Leslie Jones. It was oh. a, yep. it was not it was not the most amazing night to be a feature player on Saturday Night Live. And sometimes that happens when somebody comes in and is as talented as Julie Lee Dreyfus, who it doesn't really matter how sharp the writing is. There's nothing you can say about the fact that obviously she's a phenomenal performer and like Beth said, everything she's in, she kind of elevates. And so sometimes that means that um, the amount of roles for certain people are limited elsewhere. I mean, I believe even people like Kyle Mooney uh, didn't show up until I think he was also um, his first appearance was in that alien thing as well. Yes. Yeah, speaking of uh, something that something that only came up in those last two sketches, um, there was a certain name that was in both both of those that 
I don't know if Beth, you want to talk about that? Do you want me to talk about how eerie it was yeah. to know that I was coming on the show today and to and have two, the last two sketches in a row? Last, yeah, the last two. Yeah. Um, suddenly, two separate characters were named Beth, uh, and and it's one thing when when they're named Elizabeth because I can completely disassociate from that. But they were both just Beth. <laughs> one of them was Kate McKinnon's uh, character in the Match.com meetup sketch. Where she was playing an alien. alien. That alien's name was Beth. And then the God is a Boob Man uh, digital short was also the lead was named Beth. And that that was a very confusing And they were both pretty bad characters too, like in terms of... Yeah, they were awful people. And most people don't realize that that is based... Both of those sketches are based on real things that have happened to you. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to make it clear that uh, my entire relationship with Bram is a ploy... (laughs) to to just have children because uh i am an alien that is important it's an important thing to note okay um he knew it's no <laughs> just, just getting brendan's facial reactions um i am holding up uh what is the equivalent to a um a cross if this was a uh demon possession situation what am i holding up mm-hmm it is a DVD of Seinfeld season four, I believe. The good season, the season where it all started to fall into place. And you admitted on a previous episode, although I don't remember, uh, that uh, you don't like Seinfeld. So you came into this episode with kind of a—I mean, you like her now, but but you don't like well, nine years of Julie Dreyfus. What you're saying? Here, here's what I will say about Seinfeld: is that Julie Dreyfus is far from the reason i don't particularly like that show i don't dislike her performance and the thing about seinfeld is like i can really respect it in terms of its writing i just find that the show overall um i found to be kind of annoying i'll partly admit that that was like the show was totally ruined for me by seeing commercials for it a lot of the time and commercials have a way of cutting down shows to the most irritating components just sort of being screamed in your face for 10 seconds and Jerry Seinfeld and Jason Alexander are prone to such performances. And so, you know, I love Curb Enthusiasm. That's a very funny show, and I really like Larry David's voice in that avenue. Um, Seinfeld is just not one of the ways in which it works for me. So. Okay, now we have some tension in the room. I believe you also enjoy Friends, right? Uh, for, see, I didn't, I didn't watch much All right. Friends. is like the tiniest you're gonna, little bit. You're going to stay but, around then. Before before my time, I certainly am not one of those people like oh Friends is better. Like whatever, yeah. I like some Friends. Um, you know, I I love uh, Vanessa Bayer's impression of her. I was happy that it okay. came back for let's no real let's get into it because we're gonna be we're gonna start so, going sketch by sketch yeah. now, and we open the show with the a parody of the debate on CNN with uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And they're both from New York, so the joke is, you know, their relationship with the city of New York, um, how Hillary panders to uh, the black vote and also the New York vote. And what it ended up turning into was a spot for Julie Wee Dreyfus to make a rare host appearance in the cold open, um, made famous by Robert De Niro and uh, that one many years ago. Um <laughs> Was he was he the one who started it all? I I probably not, but that was a that was one that I happened to remember just because he his whole thing was reading silly names, and it was it was like 
the first time he hosted the show in like 2004 or something. Drew Barrymore was in her cold open when she was the youngest person ever to that, host, which was actually Gila Louis Dreyfus's first season. That makes a lot of sense. So that's 1982, wow. the year that's of uh, E.T. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she was... So you had... Eight? Is that right? Yeah, she was like seven or eight. She was super She's young. So you young. had JLD doing her uh, Elaine Bennis and pretty much capturing the man- mannerisms. You have LD, no J, uh, with no Jerry, um... As Bernie Sanders, and it's a bit of a reunion there. It's a bit of a tearful. It's got me off a got, got me off a but it was certainly nice to see. We the the sketch opened though with uh, Wolf Blitzer, and we were talking earlier on how they would put uh, John Vanitsky in as Wolf Blitzer or Anderson Cooper, where he would just fill the role because they could make him look vaguely like those people, and he would just moderate. But in this case, they didn't even give John Ronitsky Wolf Blitzer. Mm-hmm. They put Beck Bennett in that role. I for Poor one Poor dude. <laughs> it actually bummed me out. Like, can you imagine being like, okay, this is the sketch we're gonna do. Here's who I wanted who here's who I want to do it. Like and him just sitting at the table read, like, oh, like, that's tragic. It really is. I mean, you think that's, like, one of the few things he's gotten to do. Yeah, Guys. Purely just because of overpopulation, and now that's not a problem anymore. I mean, anymore, I know so. John's John's whole family, including Ben and his friends and probably John, listen to our show now, but I, I'm starting to get worried about, about Rodnitsky's status. I mean, that was, like, a big deal, like, him losing Wolf Blitzer or Ransom yeah, Cooper. Yeah, it actually was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's next? Are they, they going to take Scorsese away from him? I think they are. Yeah, we have to be. We have to stop. Well, we're living in a year where there's a new Scorsese movie coming out, so I don't know if that could stand. My change.org petition will be up within the hour. Yeah, um, but you, you you also had Vanessa Bayer as Rachel Green from Friends, who uh, I was gonna say is a better impression of Rachel from Friends than Julie Wee Dreyfus' impression of Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Unless, that, well, that the impression is that good. <laughs> I mean, I guess unless yeah. you want to, unless what you mean is just that, um, obviously after almost 20 years that Julia Le-Dreyfus is a little rusty playing Elaine. I, I wouldn't know because I'm not a It was fan. fun. It was fun to see. It was fun to see Larry David and Julia Le-Dreyfus uh, together again. It was fun to see him say life. I thought it was. Yeah. To be honest, I thought it was a little bit um, too much pandering. It was a little bit of pandering, and they... There was definitely some pandering happening. Especially, I mean, especially when it starts leaning into, okay, this is clearly Julie Louis-Dreyfus talking to Larry David about residual... Well, it was was the same moment that occurred um, at the 40th anniversary with Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No one's going to make this... No one's going to, like, get this lucky again. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was a sketch about pandering, and they were themselves pandering. Yeah, that was kind of the weird thing, is, like, yeah, how mm-hmm. dare they try and yeah. say that, like, Hillary's, I mean, like, see what we're saying about Hillary is she's pandering to the black vote too much. Yeah. And it's like, you're pandering to the SNL vote. Yeah, and what, kind of what, like, Elaine did this time was hijack a political sketch and it turned into like that. where Larry David would literally do like George Costanza impressions. I did really appreciate it, which is like, 
uh, how are you going to break up the banks? You break them up! Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, you can't yeah, yada, 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 well, I was just going to say, I at least appreciated that they kind of found a, a, a slightly amusing way yeah, to exactly. to use her. At least it's like, she's a New York resident. Like, okay, like, it makes sense. Right. Um, I would put it one step below when Molly Shannon came back to host and the cold open was American Idol and Ma- Mary Catherine Gallagher was, was, <laughs> was in the finals of American Idol. It was like a one notch below that in terms of how they kind of um, shamelessly shoehorn popular beloved characters into into topical things honestly it wouldn't have mattered it wouldn't have mattered to me like how they put a twist on the political cold cold open the fact that there was any twist on the political cold open was so much appreciated from me uh because i get so bored (laughs) i and i'm i don't get bored of snl easily but political cold opens are a thing that I just, oh my gosh, I will, I find myself tuning out. Like I find my brain shutting off, which again is not a thing that happens. So I was, it didn't garner that many, like that many like moments for me until uh, there was that twist of having Elaine Bennis appear. Cause before that, I mean, really the only thing that made me laugh was April 33rd at Blue Blorp o'clock. Like that (laughs) Yeah. However, screw me if the black question didn't make me laugh because it did. Yeah, Hakeem was like going over there and looked at the purple light and the, and the grooving music. Yep. That was that was well done. Yeah, I'll give that, him credit that for that. That did make me laugh. Yeah, the honestly, all of the the stuff about pandering to black voters, including a a Cosby uh, a, a Cosby callout post. <laughs> um, that 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 also that that made me laugh pretty hard. Cosby, don't come on the awful, show. But it's so funny. Nope. No, thank you, Bill Cosby. Uh, the Carmichael will, Show will, taught me otherwise. Yes, the Carmichael Show. We will show. not be having Bill Cosby on the We will not. We soon. hard foot down. That is, a, that is a vow to you, the listener. Yes. No Cosby guest appearances. No, I, I, he I has, will not allow it. He has begged to be on this show. We have put our foot down and we have said no. No. You need the black vote, but you don't need it that bad. No. Well, Let's we'll, get Gerard Carmichael. Election's a long way away, you know? Let's get the Gerard Carmichael vote. Have him talk about us on the on, don't, on don't NBC. Don't get me started because I will legit send him an email. Yeah, and and in the email, in the email, that. tell him uh, get NBC to put the full opening credits of the Carmichael Show into episodes more often because those are really cool. I love that a full opening mm-hmm. credits. It's they're so good. It is such a throwback. Awesome. Like it's funny how mm-hmm. there are certain throwback sitcoms that like I don't give any shits about the ranch on netflix really and yet i love <laughs> how throwback the carmichael show is and the way it's yeah. just it's like everybody loves raymond if they talked about abortion yeah and it, it could be a very similar set it might be even the same set um maybe whenever it's been hotly debated the hotly debated yeah. uh, is this the everybody loves raymond set is this the on the family set um <laughs> but uh who knows who knows <laughs> who knows uh possibly set designers and experts um we gotta move on and the commercial on this one was Heroin AM, which I think was a pretty great idea. What do you guys think about this? It made me, I mean, I, anytime, I'm like, it takes a lot for me to like look past being really weirded out over heroin, but this yeah. actually like made me laugh. Like it actually, um, 
Because any opportunity to let Beck Bennett move his body in a weird way, I'm fine with. <laughs> yeah. So when he was doing his weird little walk across the soccer field, I was just fine. Like, that, that's a guaranteed laugh from me, basically. I thought that, like, this was far from an original idea. It reminded me a lot yeah. of when they do things like Emeth a couple of years ago. Especially because, like, a lot of the... Crackling ch- oat, oat flakes. Yeah. A, a lot of the Ecstasy. jokes, like, <laughs> came right, right down to you know, having these kind of straight-laced normal people using drug slang, like, it reminded me of when, like, you know, very, like, proper white guy, Taron Killam in the e sketch is talking about, like, you know, when I like to get, you know, gacked out on whoop chicken and, like, these things, like, bizarre slang that like, you would never hear in everyday conversation. And so it was kind of the same thing last night. I do think that they found, like, the two correct people who could pull that, that off. Absolutely. This, like, wild enthusiasm for this. Beck Bennett is perfect for that. And when they, when they did the EMF, it was um, Brooks Whelan uh, in his mm-hmm. first appearance That's ever right. but, uh, yeah. naked. And that was a place for him. I loved that, yeah. by the way. No, and, and it was a good... I love it. I've, I actually watched that not too long and It was ago. a good first thing for uh, him. Uh, this one did yeah. not have any featured players in it, as far as I could tell. It was a great performance from Julia Dreyfus and it's Beck Bennett. Just the two and it them, was like fun. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Cocaine PM was funny. Uh, those... Those green monster hallucinations were actually surprisingly <laughs> horrifying for, for the for that. Yeah, I, I laughed at side effects. It's heroin. side effects. It's heroin. Yeah, so all it's that heroin. Stuff. So that was, that was a good line. I'll give him credit yeah. for that too. Well, and I feel like if that would have been just a voiceover, it wouldn't have been nearly as funny. But seeing it written out and the yes. s- comma so like that, yeah. yeah, that sold it. It would have been yeah. a funny line, but like seeing that written out is hilarious. Guys, huge jewelry or. Huge, huge jewelry. Long Island Italians selling jewelry. You guys thinking about this? It was uh, Julie Dreyfus and who was the other one? Vanessa Bayer. Um, no, it was Kate. It was Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then you had Shashir come yeah, on, and then you had uh, Cecily came on, and you also had Nick Nick, Nick Jonas 80. on there. Nick Jonas. Okay. Yes, SNL featured player Nick Well, this, this... this It was a really weird moment, however, to see Kate not be able to completely pull off an accent. Yeah, and it... That was weird, because her accent wasn't consistent. And with Kate, Kate's, like, one of the most consistent people on the show. I mean, whether you like her or hate her, mm-hmm. you can't deny that she's consistent. This is another regional... Uh, so that was weird. Yeah, this is another regional-specific sketch. Mm-hmm. I, I think it could be funny just because the accents are funny. Um, just like how coffee talk is is a is a funny is, is a funny thing to watch. Just it doesn't matter. Um, I liked it. I think it might be something they're gonna yeah. do again without Julie Dreyfus. Uh, I won't mind it. It wouldn't surprise me. At I all mean, if they did it I like it when they when they embrace that they're a sketch show and they don't necessarily have to do something topical. They're just like, this is a funny idea. Let's do exactly. a sketch like that. And this episode had a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, almost all of it, um, which that's a, that was a thing that actually in, in preparing to come on when I, I actually went back and watched a couple of the cold opens that Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was in, in her first season. And it honestly reminded me of, of, even though obviously from 1980 to 1985 was a weird era, but it still, it was, it had the, it's just a completely different show now in that it, everything is so topical and and then it was a straight up sketch show. So it was really nice to see that. Oh, uh, there were so many um sketches that weren't 
like, hey, you have to be caught up on a thing that happened in order to get the joke here. That was really nice. And it's rare. It wasn't the newsiest week, so certainly they had a lot more freedom to get into their weird things. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I always like. I like when SNL ventures off into right. the weird. Well, it's also the third the show part. in a string of episodes, which also helps for that. Because you know like when they're going to come back on, on May 7th, they're going to be covering mm-hmm. the stuff that they missed. And it's going to be a lot of stuff. Like They're going to be probably doing jokes about what, what pilots are dead over at uh, CBS. <laughs> What's gonna, yeah, sure what's gonna be? What's gonna be, be, all up be in the that. case? I mean, at least we're not. At least we're not in the era anymore of having to start a block of episodes with a terrible Piers Morgan Tonight cold open, where we like quick hit all of the news stories we missed. Yeah, Taryn. Taryn does that well, though. It was it was a good impression, and it made me laugh more than it longer than it should have for sure. I just personally think that we as a society should pretend that Piers Morgan, like, we should just pretend he doesn't exist. Never existed. I'm, I'm down with that, considering some of the horrible things that he's been saying lately. Honorary feet. Oh, yeah, especially. Oh, he's, he is so, uh, he is so anti-guns. Like, his last season of the show, it was like, every episode was like, guns, gun violence. It was It's because... Yeah, because the gun nuts were giving him crap for for constantly mm-hmm. bringing it yeah. up, and if, but I mean he wanted to talk about it because it was right after Sandy Hook happened, mm-hmm. and so I mean that is that is the one context in which you know I, I you know God bless him for being persistent on that case. It basically got him run off American television. Yeah, but. guys, true. I want to um, to put out there that I miss the good old days of America's Got Talent, Piers Morgan. Let's bring that back. Let's yeah. make America's Got Talent. Yeah, I, remember I when- agree. Let's make America's Got Talent when- great again. Let's. I'm gonna get that on a hat. <laughs> do it. I do miss when he was just sort of a third-rate Simon Cowell. Yeah, that was pretty much what he was. That's yes. exactly what he was. Was yeah. third-rate Simon. And then, Cowell. and then exactly. Howard Stern comes on, and my parents become the biggest America's Got Talent fans. Um, <laughs> honorary featured player Shashir Zameda. That's her last name, by the way. I don't know if we ever said that on the show. I think we did. Um, hanging hang a, a massive knows? pearl on her neck. Um, basically, in the sketch as a model, um, I say honorary feature player because oftentimes she has less appearances than the actual feature players, which leads us to the next sketch, uh, led by featured player who we are not worried about, who we are worried about, Pete Davidson. We're always on the fence about that. Brendan is mostly the one who expressed worries. This is the pre-tape, The Pool Boy. With Pete Davidson and Julie Dreyfus, and it's a typical pool boy situation of um, a housewife sleeps with a pool boy, and but he's just like so like passive about everything. So he's like, okay, yeah, yep, yeah. and he's and he's con- and he's like constantly when they cut, he's like already back at the pool. Yeah, this he is had one the easiest time learning lines ever. It was pretty yeah. great. He had it so easy. It was an easy day for him on the set. This was a this was a one that did not make me worried for Pete Davidson's place on the show because I think this is the kind of performance that only could have come from Pete Davidson. I think that absolutely there had to be there had to be an authenticity of of like an actual young person doing this that kind of elevated it to another level for me. And that like this really is just like a dumb kid who doesn't care about anything. I try to imagine how this would have worked with. Um, like Kyle Mooney kind of trying mm-hmm. to sort of play younger than he was. And I just, it wasn't, it wasn't translating the same way for me. And so this was the kind of thing that said, okay, you know, for, for as much as he can sometimes fall by the wayside, um, if, 
you know, for whatever you want to call it, like SNL is focusing on more mature topics that they feel like they can't have, that they don't have a place for him in. This is certainly an instance where when you want to do something about young people, Pete is your go-to guy. He is, he's bringing something to the show that other people cannot bring. And so that is an invaluable. Yeah, you, you need to keep the young voice on the show. I don't think you need to replace him with a, with a new young voice because he is being developed very well, and next year he will be able to get his, uh, whatever the salary is, he'll go up from $5,000 a week. Uh, and he'll get his repertory player And card. he's going to get it. Mm-hmm. And I think these past two shows definitely would appear the case that he is absolutely settled into the show. Uh, and yeah. if he has to do it by appearing in these pre-tapes, which is what I think Kyle Mooney <coughs> did to get his repertory status which you know, some will say he, he doesn't deserve it because of his performance in the live uh, live sketches. But him in these pre-tapes, there's definitely a reason to keep it around. And now you have all these voices that are doing these pre-tapes. There's a, SNL of today has a lot more pre-tapes than we're used to, but if it's what we need to get uh, Pete Davidson some exposure and, and, and a great sketch for him, then I'm all for it. And I firmly believe that he is going to be on next year. We are not worried. No. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about him at all. I think, I mean, there's something to be said for the fact that he's probably the only 22-year-old alive who has kissed Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I mean, I think that alone is reason enough to leave him on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. He has that going for Let's him. Let's get a young female on next year, actually. That could balance it out to, to have, like, mm-hmm. two young voices on the show and not idea. just one, yeah. like, young guy. Just get, like... Well, because it feels, it does, he has quite a lot of pressure on him if he's he's pulling a lot of weight by being 22 in comparison to i mean the next youngest cast member is john i think it's i think it's is it john I, or would it be Sh- i don't know anyone's eight yeah it might be Shashir. i think it's i think it's redneck i think it is redneck 24 is it 24 no 23 it's 23 or 24 no i thought he was pretty he young looks, but i don't know looks, for sure Jeez. Let me uh, let me let me pull up the let's do our research on the he's 26 Oh, John there is you 26. Go. She must be around that too, though. She, in my mind, she's 27. Uh, so Shears Meta is. Oh wait, she's 29. 29. Okay. So yeah, John. Maybe she was 27 when she got on the show. Maybe that's what my brain was doing. Anyway, it doesn't matter, guys. Um, um yeah, Pool Boy. Uh, it also featured appearance by Nick Jonas. Uh, very again. short moment, but it it <laughs> had a very funny line to end the episode. Uh, just yeah, the the pre tape. Um, the last, the next sketch was Cinema Classics, the one where Keenan Thompson is the old cinema buff who is showing clips of. He, he has a name. Tell Reese de what? Okay. Again, Reese that's another de thing what? that makes me laugh every single time. Keenan, I think because of Keenan having been around for my entire lifetime, it's he can get a laugh from me so easy. He like. Basically, yeah. any of his inflections will make me laugh. He's he's one of my favorites. But yeah, I like the way Reese that yeah, he, what? he has two different ways of saying it. Like at the start yep. of the sketch, it's like you know Reese to what, and then at the end it was like Reese to what. That's like that's <laughs> like it's so good. <laughs> it's like him it. deciding it's called the dating game all of a sudden. Yeah, he just you know he he has a little fun with it. Yes, he, he has a lot of fun um, with it. This was my favorite cinema classics. That like. Uh, to date, this was my favorite one. It, the the visual of her running around the set to to find the different yeah. lines. Um, as a person who has gotten in trouble 
more times than I care to admit for hiding lines on sets. Uh, I relate. <laughs> I the going so far as to paint them on the blinds is that was such a good gag. Um, yeah, they found a lot of in, sort of ingenious ways to to keep that up. Um, I thought the sketch overall was a little too long. Like I think they could have condensed that a little bit. It yeah, I feel probably that. probably edging closer to five minutes when it could have been sort of a tighter three the other thing though is that like i don't really remember a lot of the past <coughs> cinema classics was was cinema classics was that the sort of framework around that thing where um taryn and kate were doing like australian accents was that yeah, was that cinema it could classics? have been yeah i'm not a big expert and on this then one either. the one the one where um i forget who played the director but it was the director who was famous or uh, the actor who was famous for getting it in one take i think it may have also been taryn He's famous okay. for getting all of his stuff in one take, and really it's just him telling the director to not cut. Don't cut yet, I've got okay. it, I've got it, I've got it. I'm, um, I'm there's that, that one. There've, there've been quite a few. I think there've probably been five there or have six been. of these. Yeah. There's, there's, been, there's been a few. But yeah, this is definitely my favorite one. I, Her going back to the same prop to deliver the line, yes. Like, that's... <laughs> it's a good... That's so silly. It's a good piece of physical comedy. Uh, where we it have is. no featured, For sure. where we have Taryn, Keenan, uh, Julia, Kate, no featured players in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, now here's an odd one. Um, mm. Mar- Mercedes double A class, where they were trying to show a Mercedes, and it was Julia Dreyfus as a celebrity spokesperson for Mercedes, showing this car that runs on Duracell double A batteries, and. This one was making me lose my mind because the visual of the the sc- the screen showing that they that you needed to individually replace like all these batteries and oh and you also have a a, a battery dump button and it's just like exactly oh <laughs> all of this, every single visual in this in this sketch was I loved it flawlessly done in comparison to actual car commercials it was so good and yeah the the battery dump the, the visual of those pouring out of the car yeah was simultaneously so satisfying and so frustrating i it made me feel so many things Look, but it was this beautiful. this is the exact sketch where it's it's a new idea and mm-hmm. it's not topical so it's just like a funny sketch show yeah, thing yeah this could have been on any time and like i yeah and i would have like I could share this for years, and it's always going to make me laugh. Uh, I appreciate right. this, it. Oh, this made me laugh so, so hard. I was waiting for something like this to kind of wake me up last night. I think the the biggest compliment I could give to it is that if you watch the first 10, 20 seconds of that, you might think it's a real car commercial just because Julia Dreyfus is so good. Well, and because she, within the past three years or so, really, is when her like spokesmanship kind yeah, of I... took off. It would, and, uh, I would much more expect her to do Mercedes commercials than Old Navy. And see, in the monologue, she gave she gave a really nice little shout out to her Old Navy commercials, which <laughs> I love shamelessly because Kumail Nanjiani was there for some, and I'm all about that. I but yeah, yeah. She's, she's a spokesperson, so I completely within the first ten seconds or so, I fully bought that. I was like, I wonder if this is real or if this is if this is sketch, and I was so pleased. I was so pleased with it. She really, she held it down. Yeah. I, again, like, they, they really took the time to do all the CG well and showing yeah. you, like, you know, 2,600 AA batteries and showing them all under the hood of the car was really funny. 
Well, and the, the visual of the trunk full of the extra batteries. I mean, it just <laughs> yes. genuinely all of the visuals in this. It, it was kind of a perfect, perfectly executed. Yeah, I, oh, I love this. This is going to be, I'm going to be watching a lot more in the future. Guys, um, so we had our first musical performance by Nick Jonas. And yeah, Nick Jonas is a guy who uh, I'm not ashamed of how many pictures I have of him saved on my phone. But he is a, uh, a nice, charming, handsome young lad. Who, uh, who... Seems he was like a nice an, young man. He was an OG crush for, for Beth Gooden. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I yeah. definitely came onto that train late, um, but, um... <laughs> see, see, I've, I've been around since, uh, since their Mandy Well, days. I'll tell you what, it wasn't uh, with the Jonas Brothers, it was when he was on NBC no. Smash, and he guest starred, I was like, this, this guy, this, he actually seems to have some talent, he seems like, he's like a charming guy. Uh, and then he's very talented. And this year, I was actually really liking his uh, his new music, and he was, was and I. he was on Scream Queens, where he was sort of recurring, but he still was very funny in his role. Yeah, very funny. He he's he's great. He's he's a very he's a multi talented person who was he managed to get out of the pigeonhole of being in a boy band, uh, unlike his either of his brothers. Uh, Joe still makes music solo, or no, 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 he's in that He's in one DNCE. Band. Thank you. It's yeah. Dance Without the A. Um, I like them too. Yeah, he's in, he's in that band, and so he's also making music, but, but Nick managed to go back to his roots and be an actor. Yeah, so, so yeah. this song, Close, um, okay. Tove Lo. Tove Lo, who I didn't, I had to look up to see who it was, even though I'm familiar with. Yeah, I did not. I'm, I I'm did familiar not know with. She has that song, Talking Body. Yeah. That I, 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 I that I've known, I've known her songs. I didn't, yeah, but I, I didn't know what Tove um, looked like. Okay, so, because if I want you, I want you. Ain't going backwards. Won't ask for space, because space was just the word made up by someone who's afraid to get cl- too close. Ooh, yeah. So. Whoa. Yeah, a bit of a. That's deep. A bit of a. <laughs> a bit of shade there. <laughs> for people um oof commitment issues i guess <laughs> guys 60 minute sidebar on smash what's what's everyone's favorite episode um my favorite episode is when they're in tech uh when they were in tech see it's funny because i'd never watched oh. smash and i know so many things about it just from tweets yeah and that's i, I love what i love when they were in tech because uh Catherine mcphee was saying she's in tech and I believed it. I believed it. Her lines, her performance. I truly believe she was in tech and not just an actor. I've had the that was not a show called Scorpion to uh, Black Horse and the Cherry Tree on American Idol. Yeah, American Idol ended. I'm, st- I'm still suffering. American Idol did end, and it ended. Yep. We didn't talk about it just because I don't know. It happened on a Thursday. It was old news, I guess. By the time we recorded, William Hung week. came on. That was weird. Uh, William Hung. The same day the club went up. Hmm. William Hung is apparently working for the LAPD as like a murder investigator. <laughs> he's like he, that is that cannot he, be. True. No, I, it, apparently, I'm it pretty is. sure he is working for the LAPD as like a crime analyst. Like he he looks at the patterns of of serial killers and he like analyzes them. Like like he's Dexter or something. Okay, this is Arrested Development season five. Story, like it's right? it's true. He like, he is on. working for the LAPD. It's the strangest thing. He got out of music. He was never really in music. <laughs> he was the house band on Mock Trial. Yeah, with and he released Hung for the Holidays, no, a Christmas right, album. Right. Hung for the Holidays. It's 
This is horrific and makes my skin crawl. Oh my gosh. I, like, as a person who has some semblance of musical talent, people were always like, go on American Idol. No, they were so mean to everybody. I I would not have been able to handle it. I'm a person who has a huge ego and can handle a lot, but I don't think I can handle it. I was at a baseball game. I don't think I could do it. I was at a baseball game where um, William Hong sang, take me out to the ball game. (laughs) <laughs> at the game and it was it was where was this it was at the sky dome the roger center oh really yeah. wow yes bram did you ever think about auditioning for canadian idol did i ever think about auditioning for canadian idol um no because i don't ever feel like i had musical talents um ever i don't know I, I sometimes i like making parody songs but they're just for me like i have like a a, I think there was a real niche art. on the idol shows for somebody to go on with parody songs. Like if if the idol franchise existed in the eighties and Weird Al went on that show <laughs> and busted out a performance, Brandon, and I think I'm a clone. Now. If I if I went on now, and I busted out into performance of um, the Newsboys classic God God's Not Dead, I think I would do pretty well. That would be incredible. I really want somebody to do that. Somebody to do a really earnest performance of that song on. There's like, no the way voice. it doesn't. Like that has to happen. Just I guess. Just knowing humans and and people that has to happen. Yeah. There's no. And I way. guess I guess there's no way to sing that song unearnestly. So. It's, it's so very damn catchy. Sincere. Give me a line. Give me the chorus, Brendan. Yeah. He's living on the. Okay, I won't even. That's oh, come on, no you were more. good. It was good. No, that was it. That's all you get. Also, we don't want the... If the God's Not Dead people find out that we're sending their music the God's and not then dead they take really chord, it becomes a whole okay. thing. It becomes the, Fine. becomes the premise of God's Not Dead. We're going to be sued by Pure Flicks and they're going to make a, a, a TV miniseries about us. Ugh. Worse, you might get sued by God. That would be a lot worse. I am with you. I'm with you, Beth. Good. God help us, literally. Uh, He's with her. <laughs> I'm with her. <laughs> um, weekend update. I was gonna say, what what were we talking about? <laughs> SNL. <laughs> That's gonna go on the crest of our podcast. It's funny because when Melinda, my co-host, was here, and you guys took more than thirty seconds to get to introduce her, and she talked about how hard it was to be quiet. I was thinking the exact same thing and was like, you know what? She's right. And then she went on to talk about how she she was bad at staying on topic, which is a thing that we're both afflicted with. And it's why we should never go on other people's shows. And yet I, here I am. <laughs> I welcome it because I don't know. What, do I really have that much to say about this kind of like B, B plus episode of SNL? <laughs> Firmly. See, I, I welcome some, the those are William Hunt tangents. So. Yeah. Okay, but we can update. I don't know if there's much more to say about this. Uh, I noticed uh, pretty... Michael Che seemed squintier than usual. Michael Che and Colin Jost still seem like they most definitely hate each other. I noticed the only time they looked at each other throughout the whole thing was at the end when they cut to commercials. We had uh, Shaq and we had Charles Barkley. Always funny. They might be redoing, um, overdoing it. Uh, It looks good when you have... Um, Jay Farrow, Keenan Thompson, and Michael Che sitting next to each other in one shot because it makes SNL look very diverse and more than it is. Um, yeah, there was like a Republican Party rape joke, 
and it, no one laughed at it. I was I was so upset at the audience in this episode because the two best mm. jokes. They, yep. Well, they kind of laughed, but they laughed, but also knew that like, uh oh, like this is kind of this is cro- this is coming up to the line. This is pushing the yeah. Michael the Michael Cheo laughed right immediately. Oh did, yeah, it was this when he did the second joke about. Um, I have in my notes here what it even was. Oh, about the, you know, the Malaysian found the, it was some kind of snake or something. It's like, oh, that's great, but, like, let me know when you find someone about the plane. And they were just kind of like, oh, I'm like, Michael Che, like, because that was, that was, like, two years ago, I mean. Yeah. Um, Come on, guys. Oh, the the joke bombing thing reminded me of, um, I was watching, I guess I was watching Seth Meyers on a plane uh, in January, uh, the same time I listened to Hamilton. Um, And he... Like some some joke was like really layered and no one in the audience laughed and he just immediately burst out into into, into laughter. That is that's one of Seth's like go. It's pretty funny. And and it's so charming. It's not funny when she does it. I <laughs> I am um mm. so I like Colin Jost. I don't love him as weekend update ans- uh, anchor though and i also i don't really like michael che and i don't really like him as update anchor either so i feel kind of stuck with update which is which is sad because that's what you know that's a michael che is a featured player so he's not necessarily going to return next year although yeah, he's consistent true. and the audience laughs so he's probably going to i just don't want it to be a thing that lasts yeah. too long yeah, well, I mean, as we get to the end of the season, I it, I do have to start wondering, like, has it finally been long enough that maybe Lauren can acknowledge that it hasn't been working? I, Although I don't know if two I'm, seasons is still considered. I don't know. I enough. I don't think so. I think pe- there's enough people that would be angry about it. I was I was mulling over the, uh, like, because Michael Chase seems like he's interested in career advancement because he was on the Daily Show and then he moved over to SNL like fairly quickly. Um. What if, like, he, instead of Trevor Noah, took over Jon Stewart's position? Hmm. I would still be ignoring the show. It wouldn't change my life at all. (laughs) (laughs) I like Trevor Noah a lot. And, um, yeah. I I like him. I don't watch the show every, every night, but. Michael J has, like, a cockiness about him, which is definitely, um, you know, I don't know him. But I uh, assume that it's not just a character choice. And I think there's only so much of that I can watch. Like, usually by the end of update, I'm like, ugh. You're done. <laughs> Stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It, it's especially, I think, here's my issue. I think the having two males as update anchors is a hard dynamic. Uh, because... A lot of people are used to, you know, specifically from from our generation, you were either you either started watching uh, Jimmy and Tina or, you know, a lot of people who, you know, my friends were also fans of the show, Seth and Amy were there. And there's, Colin Quinn for me. It's not that there's a, it's not that there's like a flirty dynamic. It's not, it's not necessarily the right term, but there is there's a chemistry there that isn't being facilitated between yeah. Michael Che and Colin Jost. And I know that it's it's not just because they're two men, because Tina and Amy had a very similar dynamic. Their dynamic was more similar to 
like Seth and Amy. Does that make sense? So I yeah. know that it's possible for them to have that kind of chemistry, but I think it's definitely true. Like women is. bring like a, a lightness to the segment. I think. Yeah. Um, and especially, yeah, like you said, the chemistry between a man and a woman. Like I think, and that goes back all the way back to the a beginning long of the show. Yeah, the, is people, the people. I think when, when Chevy Chase left the show, we're like, oh, like, are they still going to do Weekend mm-hmm. Update? But I mean, Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin, I think, obviously, there was never any concerns about, like, what are they going to bring to? Right. Now, of course, there was no internet back then for people to be, like, for these opinions to be widely espoused in the way they are now when we're every single week talking about, like, guys, I think the most reliable part of the show in the several years past is broken. Um, right. So... But no, I definitely think it's true that that is a, a key ingredient to what's been missing is... I mean, have they done like two men anchor teams before? Has no. There, like, was there a was no, there ever the a first bi- one? There was okay. I couldn't remember if there was any like Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray kind of overlap. They're probably with consideration yeah. there, but they didn't necessarily do it. Nothing no, regular anyway. Well, no, the no. only the only time there have been two men on at once was when Tina uh, went to have her baby and Horatio filled in with Jimmy. Horatio was telling um, Ben Schwartz's jokes. Yeah, that is true. Ben Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, if they would both find their characters, because there's, even even though update anchors are playing themselves, there's also, there's a sense of a character there. That's the thing is with, with Dan and, and Jane, the characters were so clear cut. And then that's a thing that continued in on Weekend Update for forever. I mean, you were either, you know, you had people who went very straight-laced news, you had people who went kind of the a-hole route you you had those different characters and I feel like if Colin just would find a character that he could be confident in that isn't just kind of like bumbling white guy then I think I don't know I think I think he has potential because I think there has to be personality there or he wouldn't be in his line of work yeah. One of the things I think is interesting is that, like, this is the first time that the people who have been on Update, we really haven't known them at all from the other parts Absolutely. of the show. Like, Tina was not in a lot of sketches, and Tina will be the first person to admit that, like, sketches were not her strong suit, but we at least kind of knew who she was before mm-hmm. she got the Update job. People like Jimmy and Amy were always in sketches, and Seth Meyers um, was on the show for years before he did Update, whereas these are two people who are kind of just been thrown into... Um, this job, and we really don't know them from anything else. And like yeah. one of the yeah. un- one of the kind of unfortunate things about the last sort of five ten years of Update is this idea that like I remember when Cecily Strong was put on Update, and there was all this uproar about like I can't like I, like I'm sure she'll be good, but like we're gonna miss her in sketches and this stuff because right. people have had this like twisted notion that when you get on Update, you don't do sketches. When really all it was was Tina was head writer. Yeah, she wanted to Colin focus too. Her- her same efforts thing with Seth, on other same things. Thing with Colin. Same right. thing that happened with Seth Meyers and with Colin Jost. So I do think it's kind of weird that it's almost like SNL is taking that ball and running with it. And it's like, I wonder if they should be trying to put Michael in other things. We talked about it, I think it was last week when they did the uh, Preparation H commercial that, like, really, they only put michael sort of in other things just when they have a sketch where the cast is predominantly black and so they sort of just need more black people to be in the sketch whereas there are lots of opportunities for him to be doing anything if they wanted him to so i wonder if it's just it's michael che doesn't want to be 
is not doesn't consider himself a sketch performer. It's so hard to tell because, like you said, like his persona is a little bit almost antagonistic. When I remember yeah. watching him on The Daily Show and it seemed like he seems like he doesn't want to be here. And then he like he went back to SNL and I said, maybe this is more what he expected to be doing. And I don't know. It kind of seems like he doesn't want to be here. It's very interesting with the, the new Class of Weekend Update uh, hosts where for the first time, and this besides all the things like, oh, this you're a, you're a head writer, so you're only going to be doing mm-hmm. The Weekend Update. We're actually looking at Weekend Update as these are The Weekend Update guys and this is what they do. Colin... Mm-hmm. While he's not head writer anymore, he's still a very prominent writer for the show, and he's yeah. only in this one part. I know he's probably uh, not the best at, at or not as attuned to the uh, sketches as he is for the presentational stuff. Uh, Michael Che, it, he is not. He was never a head writer, and he is. He's a feature player at, at this time, but it, it it would be strange if they would make him a repertory, and he is just a weekend update guy. Unless they decide yeah. to make him head writer. Which, let's be realistic, won't happen. No. <laughs> I mean, well, and it's also, here's my issue, and also with, with Michael, is that he brings a very important, fresh perspective to Weekend Update that I think, as much as I, you know, I, I'm definitely not the guy's biggest fan, however, having a black person as the weekend update anchor has allowed for a commentary that SNL hasn't been able to touch. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the issues that are like prominent in, in American politics right now, I think it's important to have that voice. And that's why on some level I would love for him to stay on because his jokes really early in, into their run together, there was a really great joke. uh, It was a back and forth between him and Colin of Colin asking what he could and couldn't say. Yeah. Do you guys remember that? I do. I do. Can yeah. I say Bay? No. Right. Is it because yeah. I'm not? Is it because I'm white? No, it's because you're 30. Like <laughs> that was a really great back and forth, and it allowed again, it allowed a racial perspective that Update has never had before, no. <laughs> unless it was by a uh, you know by like a guest a, commentator a character, right? Like, tr- and, like Tracy Morgan coming out absolutely. because he was the host. Yeah. And I think that. I think that with where American politics are, I think that that could be an important perspective to keep. However, why not? I, the current dynamic isn't working. <laughs> I mean, something's got to give here. Um, mm. And it's like, I hate, it almost makes me nervous that we're nearing the end of the season. Cause I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm nervous that I'm going to get disappointed. <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth of it. Like I'm scared that, I'm scared that something we always are, but we're never we're never really going to stop watching the show. It, it's, no, it's the bottom, I know, it's the bottom line here. I will go down with the show. I will go down. That is kind of thing, yeah. It's like this show is will, will yeah. last forever. Okay. And, a person you know. a person suggested that um, that they consider uh, Sashir as as update co co anchor with Michael and I like that. I think that's something that they yeah. Should look at. I think they should test. I that. like it for Sashir for sure. I think that, because first of all, she is so talented yeah. and isn't being used in the correct ways. That's something that you guys have talked a lot about on this show. Um, you know, it bums me out that she is still in a place where she's kind of an honorary featured player when she's a performer who deserves better. I think that, frankly, that could be an answer, the answer to a lot of things if, if they would consider putting her in that position. Uh, if you've seen any of her stand up or even her, some of her sketch stuff that's online from UCB, it's 
she has the talent there that I think that she could pull that off as we, as update Kalenka. So yeah, and one of the things I've heard is that she, um, I think it might have been in her first or her second season that she did uh, apparently did some really great um, bit on Weekend Update that was cut between dress and air. Um, just because really? maybe the just because maybe the the, the crowd um, wasn't as into it. Yeah. I can't exactly remember what it was. I feel like it was sort of similar to because um, she did a yeah she did the emoji, but that aired right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was something kind of similar to that. Um, okay. It's just something I heard from offhand from from somebody who writes about SNL who was at a dress rehearsal one time. Okay. I think mentioned something about that, and so like that was kind of disappointing to hear that like this could have been. Um, a step in the right direction for elevating her to, like you said, the sort of a prominence and attention that she deserves. Yeah. Also, on Weekend Update, we had uh, Aidy Bryant, who was just listing animal facts. An- animal Annie. I'm not. I wasn't very into this character. I don't know if I really have anything to say about it. I would rather move on. Well, that's okay, because I have things to say about it, so I'll do the talking. Okay. I thought this was a very funny character in the way that, I said this on Twitter, <laughs> the best A.D. Bryant characters are ones who have deep-seated issues, like, under their <laughs> surfaces. <laughs> like, the part of what made that that first Girlfriend's Talk Show sketch so great was realizing, like, all of the insecurity she had in her friendship yeah. with the Cecily Strong character. So I love that, like, you had to really kind of sit with this character and, and understand the hardships of which we do not know yeah and the other one was uh cecily strong was the one-dimensional female character from a male driven comedy uh i believe it's been on before perhaps it was yeah, yeah it, twice. it's again was it's, this, i was gonna say was this the second or third appearance for that i think this is the third it's again so. a very good satire on i love that character. on that character i certainly like this time around more than the first two like i liked at the end when she just sort of powered down or shut off well oh my gosh when she said the very like she said something super dark at the end yeah she said like oh if i talk anymore they'll have to pay me or something well and and colin his reaction was so genuine that i don't think it was a case you know i don't i definitely don't think it was a stefan case like i don't think it was anything like that but i think he he was reacting to the audience's reaction to something she said and it was such a genuine moment that i felt alive for a second and yeah and then it ending with her powering down and the audience you could tell the audience did not know what to do and those are kind of my favorite moments yes of like the audience it's kind of like um i'm forgetting what the actual name of the sketch is but like the audience not knowing what to do during I sent a bottle of sparkling apple juice to your house. Yeah. What was that sketch actually called? And the audience, they were saying sing know. along, but the audience didn't know, quite know what to the do. The Brian so Cranston one. Awkwardly sitting there. Brian Cranston and, and uh, Fred Armisen. Yeah. That was it, amazing. That's the best when the audience doesn't know what to do because that's something that, mm-hmm. that's a very live thing. That's a Did very. Did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it? It's a very old school. Um, that's a thing that SNL played with so much toward the beginning. Well, even really tw- in the first 10 years, they, they messed with that a lot of kind of screwing with the live audience. Mm-hmm. And I love that. <laughs> so, you just so keep pushing that and moment, pushing until they, exactly. they was, get them on your well, side. There was like, another one there, Fred Armisen. I don't remember what it was, though. It was like a campfire. I don't know. Oh, are you thinking of the um, Woody Harrelson? Thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was that? Apples, yes! Oh my gosh. Apples. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and at the end, like... People, like, they're so confused by what's happening, yeah. and then at the end, the whole audience is going, in the usual way. In the usual way, way. yes. It's, 
and that's that's a very those two things are so like dead on Fred Armisen. <laughs> they're both they're but both yeah, they're both Apple related. Yeah, that's that might true. be like a writer gag. Maybe. Maybe. Kind of like the tree frog thing that's been bothering my me for my mm-hmm. entire life. <laughs> I'm glad that finally other people have noticed that besides me. Oh my gosh. I I tried to bring that up to friends of mine online in 2010, and they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, here's a list of ten examples. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I hate I, it. I feel like it, it gained a lot of momentum when um, when Bill Hader left, and because yeah. they they prefaced the Stefan departure with that, I think. Yeah, they did. Well, yeah, they they it's it's always in a new study about tree frogs, and yeah. then and then interruption, including yeah. I think one of the first appearances of it was when uh, Jimmy Fallon came back to promote uh, Taxi and Fever Pitch. Well, it wasn't really Taxi, but it was Fever Pitch at the time. Two thousand five. Uh, with yeah, with um. With Tina and Amy, and yeah. and their son Lorne was there. I was gonna say, yeah, that was when he brought the, <laughs> that, yeah. the kid back, and it's just like a mop of brown hair and glasses. It's adorable, is what it is. That's a great one. <laughs> Come on, Lorne. Yeah, that was a thing the audience loved. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They loved Fever Pitch. <laughs> I, I, Who did? I, I had the DVD. And I don't know where it is, but I know. I, I think have, we did too. I, have them I know. I know it's in the room. I liked Fever Pitch. Yep. We so definitely have the DVD of Fever Pitch. I have Taxi. I have possibly every movie Jimmy Fallon's ever done. Frankly. Yeah. I'm not gonna find yeah. it. So it'll be like those two and Almost Famous, and that's it, basically. <laughs> he was also in Whip It, starring oh, Ellen Page. Yes, and pro- produced by his wife. However, I will say, almost famous, there's a line from Jimmy Fallon's character that has stuck in my brain forever when there's turbulence on the plane, and he says, uh, I once hit a man in Dearborn, Michigan. I don't know if he's alive or dead, but I think about him every day. Like, that has stuck in my head <laughs> since watching Fever Pitch, or uh, since watching Almost Famous for the first time. <laughs> a dark turn it's, for Fever I, Pitch. It's so messed up. Guys, um, we're talking about SNL here, and the next... Are we? Are, are we? Are we? The next thing so. is a CVS sketch. CVS, who works here? A unique take on a game show. We were talking about how um, we enjoy the game shows... And that what, yeah, we talked about this just last when, week whenever, with Christian, that this, whenever they, this yeah. could be one that they dusted off from the game show's drawer in the writer's room. Yeah, closet. and I liked it. It was, uh, it was, it, it is the amount of strange people you would occur in a farm, mm-hmm. you would uh, see in a pharmacy, and um, the people who you uh, didn't think worked there worked there, and the people, you know, uh, what I... Oh, this is just the, the the part where I loved was when they were, they started doing the the, the lightning rounds. Oh my god! And they had the lighting round. And they had all these. People. <laughs> okay, so when we uh, it was the lighting round. So when we t- flash on and off the lights. And this is JLD. Um, we're gonna have uh, the potential CVS workers running around the back of the store and through the aisles. And there was just a shot of like everyone just like just like it's the running equivalent of when the characters on Charlie Brown would dance. It was like, the they all best. arms up and they're like shuffling back and forth. And it was like And you could clearly tell it was a combination of cast members and extras. Extra, so yeah. you knew who was gonna get stopped. So the Pete Davidson was I know, I was like, is Rodnitsky here? Member, Are we finally yeah. gonna see Rodnitsky? It's a combination cast member and extra. Yeah. <laughs> but Um also, hey guys. 
let's not bury the lead here. Bobby Moynihan did a cartwheel. He did. <laughs> he did. You guys, I was that. That took my breath away. Live television cartwheels are very impressive. Remember when last year um, Pete Davidson and there did were one? props on the floor. Yeah. I was terrified. Oh, um, Kate McKinnon when they stopped her. Do you work at CBS? Uh, yes, she did, and she also died ninety years ago. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. is dead. So dead. And then just a very ghostly thumbs up. It's yes. fantastic. I laughed I liked a lot. Pete and Davidson's... holding a fishbowl for no discernible reason, also. <laughs> I liked Pete Davidson's use as he, he gave me my prescription, but he's definitely not the pharmacist. Yeah, this this is this is the writers <laughs> on the ball. And that's Pete Davidson drug humor. Again. I, and see, I I wrote that Pete Davidson was playing a solid creep who I'm pretty sure I worked with. Oh yeah. Because I used to work <laughs> at a Walmart. Um yep. My my brother is uh, a Walmart sh- pharmacist. Um was Close it Vanessa's home. character who said, you know, I saw a show about a ghost once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, oh, I know. I love that kind of running thing, like way on, way in the, near so the bottom me. of the sketch <laughs> about how all the contestants are boring and the host has no patience loved it. for them. Uh, Pete Davidson, feature player, was on there. He made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Also, the sketch ended with Leslie Jones. Uh, she was the manager. And... All she did was dance, <laughs> as managers at CVS do. She so happy, though. It was okay. And was that... First appearance for, first appearance of the for night. Leslie of the Night. Yeah. God bless her. Wasn't it the only appearance for Leslie of the Night? It was her only, yeah. yeah. That's tragic. She was there. It's weird how some, some weeks she is in Naked and Afraid with Peter Dinklage, and yeah. some weeks you have things like this. And This Listen, sketch started off... you take off, the good, you take the bad, you take them both. And there you have... Facts of Life. Afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I, this sketch started and I was a little concerned there are sometimes when SNL sketches I'm worried when they start that like oh like somebody one of the writers just had a bad experience in customer service somewhere and they're <laughs> yeah. using this as like an out, a, outlet to vent about it that tends yeah. to happen when they do sketches about like annoying plane rides or like having to wait at the airport and stuff like it's a very Hollywood kind of problem so I was almost relieved that when I thought more about it I was like okay if this really was somebody's like gripe they would have made it a Dwayne Reed and at least that's not yeah. happening but that, that, that would be too, on, that'd be too specific it started, it started to expose a lot more layers and it really did become this bizarre joyous thing that everybody was was like really a part of it was a good like cohesive thing i mean you were yeah, you worked at target is there any truth to the to the target lady um i did work with some weirdos not not that um specific uh lady she might have worked at another store okay uh i just like the idea of, of that woman being out there yeah she's she's somewhere she's somewhere keeps me going um yeah. so the next sketch, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the Match.com one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. People were talking about this this morning, like Match.com like events, and I was sort of like, I must have even missed the line where they talked about it being a Match.com yeah. event. Well, first we got the champagne problems, then like, we have Match.com. But, um, do we want oh, yeah. to talk about the champagne problems? I, the, he has champagne problems. We all do. I, I don't think there's any analysis there i didn't understand a word he sang the whole night, i didn't and i missed his long yeah. hair and was kind of sad that's what i'm gonna admit to you right now sham probs for my real friends guys <laughs> <laughs> um the 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 the, the, the solution funny. to champagne problems is to raise your glass i, I caught that part um raise your glass by p exclamation mark in K? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Didn't catch that. Where is your gut? Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> that was a very, very lazy trying to... I, I couldn't remember the lyrics. So, uh, this one... Well, you got the line, raise your glass. Raise your glass. Yeah, it's yeah, been in some trailers. That's, that's in the song, raise your glass. It's been in some rom-coms. Rom-rom-comic-con. Rom-com... What's, what is it? Rom-comic-con. Rom-com-con. Rom-com-con. Yeah. Um, rom-comic-con? I don't know. Aliens. I think it's rom-com-con. It, okay, so... Um, Julie Dreyfus yeah. and Kate McKinnon are aliens named Barbara, the one Barbara, and the one Beth. And yep. they must succeed. Not me. Not you. They must succeed in dating males. <laughs> and they're just like. The sketch was scary. It was scary. It was. And they were <laughs> like, like. And they were modulating their voice. It was yeah, really like weird. they they looked so creepy, like it was kind of hard to tell. Like they had just the right amount of like prosthetics on their no, eyes. No, but I think. did you did you see where Julia's uh, one of her contacts started to slide over? Oh, did it? No, I missed yeah. that. Yeah, one of her contacts started to slide over, and you could see the white of her eyes. And I was oh, mm. our our bud Jurassic yeah. Griffin on Twitter uh, thought that this was actually the last sketch of the night. It was in the final 10 minutes, but they managed to squeeze in something else there we'll talk about after. But It, it, it was a weirdly it, paced show. But it was... The, that that <laughs> second performance from, from Nick Jonas came at like 12.41, which was really early yeah. for the second musical performances. Mm. It was the kind of show where you're getting late into the night and you're getting the kind of thing where the show comes back from commercial to just a bumper with the band playing over it and then it goes right back into ads, which is clearly them kind of panicking and now they sort of have to fill and as they go. Okay, well, something's been thrown off. I guess Taryn Killam and someone else go into the closet with them, and... Who was the other person? (laughs) Beck Bennett. Kyle Mooney. Oh, yes, yes, it was. It was Kyle. And they... And I just wrote awful fedoras. Yeah, they come back, and (laughs) they turn into the, um, the skeleton props from the movie Mars Attacks. Um... (laughs) Pretty much. A a very, a very, um, (gasps) big influencer for why I love the color green, because the green Mm -hmm. skeletons in that movie which looked very cool and also terrified me. I liked that you could see the wires on those skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite detail of this sketch. Um, John Ranitsky, uh, after mm-hmm. they died, they, um, John Ranitsky and who was the other one? Was that Taryn? Um, okay, well they, that... were, well, they were trying to hit on um, them at the remember. time. And... It was Jay, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was Jay. Oh, yeah. And so John Manitsky just had the one line, so that was his first yeah. appearance of the night, even when he could have been Wolf Blitzer. He could have been the first one on, but... Wasn't yeah. that also his only line? Because he didn't speak yep. He didn't speak the... in the next one. It was it was his only line. Well, he has no lines in God as a Boot Man. Yeah. Um, That's just... But, but, but the thing that, that struck us about this Match.com one is we talked about how... Fu- it was a little funny, but the length of of that it was a misstep on the Russell Crowe episode with the uh, um, is it King Henry the Eighth? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The hologram, uh, bear me a son. Um, where this, I believe it was, give us, give us the child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the exact same sketch done with aliens, as I believe you tweeted on the show account. It yeah, was very it was a strange. Weird thing to it was almost like they were like, "You've rejected this. It was gold. How dare you? And we're gonna send it back to you in the form." Well, of and the... arguably, this one was much funnier. It was funnier, so it worked because it's not as creepy. <laughs> it, 
everything's yeah. relative. It's, yeah. it's not as creepy well, when there's a woman involved and there is just people getting killed. <laughs> that's true. Than just like that is completely accurate. Creepy comments. Yeah. Um, if they ever do like Saturday Night Live, the best of twelve fifty a.m. Like this will be on that DVD, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, so okay, but I would I would pay a lot of money for that DVD though. I would buy it. So yeah. God is a boob man was the pure flicks. God's not dead. Thing so, so this is there was no commercial break and the first thing you hear is Beth was a small town baker, without a care in the world. A Accurate. true statement in my life and the life of the character. And who who wants to just talk about what this is? I forgot to tell you guys that that both of the last two sketches were stuff that I faxed in. Like I should oh, you okay. you're on the fax list. I I freelance. Yeah, I freelance. So you're the one I'm with on the fax, the fax machine. List. I bought it from Ben Schwartz himself, actually. Yeah, you bought this oh, spot okay. from Ben Schwartz. <laughs> yep. Okay, well, you you basically had um, Taron Killam and John Rennitsky. John Rennitsky just mugging it up, and Taron Killam actually being the one to talk. Um, yeah. They were a gay couple, and Vanessa Bayer, as the cake baker, would not make the cake for the gay couple. Uh, and then it just spins into this whole thing where she doesn't want gays to have rights in general. Uh, and, it, and she also she will refuses to admit that God is gay. Is yeah, and there's God, uh, yeah, God so is gay. Everyone knows God is gay. If they, uh, if it's they, even being taught in schools. What was it? Gaga. She was like uh, Gaga drama. She's like pushing your, two, pushing your two fingers together. This doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. This is a um, sketch that was just like drowning in little visual things that you had to pause yes. to to see. I love the you know on the the sign outside the school. Today's lesson, Yas, Yas Queen. <laughs> Yas Queen. Um, yeah, God loves I, Gaga. Brunch drama. Brunch yeah, was the brunch. Other one. Yes. That's it. Yeah. It, it, um, combination breakfast yeah, lunch. It, combination breakfast lunch. That's true. Um, yeah, this it made me cringe in like a billion different ways as a person who is a Christian, a Southerner, and a lady named Beth. Um, I was horrified. Um, yeah, it made me super uncomfortable. I also could only think of a thing I tweeted before I. St- <laughs> I, I don't. I Bram, you probably remember this tweet. Um, Hold on, I I should have pulled it up because I I knew that I was gonna I was gonna think about it the whole time we talked about this. Um, uh, shout out to the moment in the God's Not Dead trailer where um, the the judge uh, gets really upset and bangs the gavel and the ga- and it's like right at the end of the trailer and the gavel falls out of his hand and it just like flops and this is like in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tried to make fun of it on Instagram. And a bunch of pure flicks, like executives and actors in the movie, liked it and thought I was being like, because, yeah, I was saying losing your gavel grip too in theaters now, and yeah, a bunch of those people. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that's some. Uh, that's some hard hitting stuff. Yeah, Kevin Downs, film producer, husband. Uh, yeah, he didn't understand my irony. It was a nice moment. A bunch of people, David A. R. White. He's the he's the founder of Pure Flicks. Liked my ironic post. <laughs> Mm. It's also uncomfortable. It is also uncomfortable. <laughs> Hope he's listening. Uh, call up post. The thing I tweeted. Call up post. Come on the show. <laughs> the thing I tweeted that that was the only thing on my mind, other than the fact that the character's name was Beth, was I tweeted uh, February 29th. Boob man, butt man, can't help you. But if you're an annoying personality that almost reminds you of your mom, man, hit that DM. <laughs> which uh, cut to seven days later. 
<laughs> I can relate to it. Shade. Yep. <laughs> that is that is some shade indeed. Yep. 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 Um. Okay. I think we're good on the show. You guys good? I think that's it. Yeah. That was a great one. Okay, so the other the other, the other good one was um the she had the poster in the court and it was like picture of God and then like equal sign with a line through it and then a picture of Sean Hayes on the right. Sean Hayes, <laughs> there was. The, do, do you know Sean Hayes can pull up a lot of famous people on his cell phone? Let's talk briefly about, about JLD on the show as a feature player. Uh, I mean, she wasn't well, she actually was, was she was a not a feature player. player. We we. No. Asked that to Which ourselves, and we found out that she actually wasn't. Um, oh, guys, <laughs> do you know that um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend finale is tomorrow? Do you know about the show, guys? Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? It's with Rachel Bloom. Have you ever heard of this show, heard of the show? I've, I've heard something about it once before, I think. Did you catch that um, that one character on Huge Jewelry's name was Valencia, just like on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Did you guys notice Whoa. that? Hmm. I totally put two Brendan- and together. Because I listen, love I know that you that you you gotta get on board, man. Finale's tomorrow. It'll happen. Okay. And I um, am wait. I am waiting for the entire season to end just so I can plow through it all at once. I don't that's know what why I did. I'm being. I don't know why I'm being so like. Because I could totally start it like tonight, and I would still like. I'm not gonna catch up in all seventeen tonight, and then be like, I have to wait all day tomorrow for the finale. But I did that for Empire. But I'm out of Empire now, so I don't know well, why I did, I did that it. too. Yeah, I watched I watched the first season of Empire in the summer, and then Empire came back a couple weeks ago, and I just said, you know what, I'm not going to watch. <laughs> That's this exactly what anymore. I did. <laughs> um, okay, so please. her her entrance to SNL. Um, so she, what happened was they they fired three cast members who were on in the uh, 1981 to 1982 season, which was season seven. And uh, they hired immediately three in their place instead of doing the featured player process, which was Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Brad Hall, her husband, and Gary Kroger. Anyway, they, they, were, they all worked together at the Practical Theater Company, and, um, which was right next to Second City. So when they were doing recruiting for Second City, um, they actually all three got hired on without auditions. So. Oh. Again, Julia was only 21 at the time, um, and Brad was also fairly young. I mean, you know. I like when they do that, when they hire people who already know each other. Like, I liked when A.D. Cecily and Tim Robinson came on the show that they had already known Mm -hmm. each other from, was it I.O. they they would do, or was it Second City? Um, A.D. did Second City. And Io, I think. But they all came from Chicago, and, like, they had a pre-existing relationship. And I liked that... I don't know. I, I like that they do that when there's like they're already kind of starting to, you know, camaraderie's built in. Phil Hartman and yeah. Phil Hartman and John Lovitz were like that as well. That's true. Um, it's yeah. She was on for three seasons, and you know, she did. She made a joke out of um, you know how little she did supposedly during her monologue, but really, I mean, she had she had some really great stuff. Um, what did you say, Bram? We didn't talk about the monologue, but. I, there's no reason to because no one actually came out. It was just her showing clips. Tony Hale was there. Tony Hale was there. Yes, he, was. he was stealing Wally's paycheck. So yeah. that was Fabo. How dare um, he? But yeah, she she did she had April May June, which was actually one of like that's a uh, um, an SNL character that that sticks in my brain. Um, you want to talk about audience work? 
those those sketches with the tele evangelist like see i don't know this character great. who is who oh is she? my gosh oh it's it's she is so it's this tele evangelist played by brad hall um who he's he's kind of he's the pastor and he's very mm, it's basically them like asking for money is is okay. basically the joke and is it kind of um, like john oliver and wanda joe like in the dark lady perpetual <laughs> exemption on last a Tonight? little bit a little bit um but it's there's one that i will i will link you guys to because okay, it's fantastic good. uh of there's it's not julia doing it at the end but uh there's some crowd work that is like it's just unbelievable and it's basically a pastor trying to do uh, a healing but the disease is continually in women's left breasts and guys oh. it's unbelievable it's so good um and then yeah she also she did she did some other stuff i made a joke before we started that she played linda ellerby of nbc nightly news <laughs> she played that character one time but she uh yeah it well, she, she had did, she did quite a she bit. She had a lot. She years. had a lot of impressions, but they were pretty much like eighty specific ones. Like she did Andy. Yeah. She did Andy McDowell. Um, she mm. did. <laughs> yeah. She did um, Marie Osmond, Linda Ronstadt, uh, Joe Beth Williams. The Marie Osmond one is that's a thing that that people like. That's something that I remember people were still talking about when I was a kid. Yeah, a lot of stuff that wouldn't necessarily be relevant now. Um, what I'm noticing here uh, on the impressions that she did do is. Uh, a time where they weren't afraid to have a have someone like Julia Louis Dreyfus play different races. Like I'm seeing, she like Diana Ross, um, and I'm also mm -hmm. seeing she played Hu Na, who's a Chinese tennis player, who I guess was big in the '80s. And the picture of her is uh, her wearing a visor, and she's like making like pretty. Okay. She's pretty much doing like a Mickey Rooney, um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, like. Stereotypical right. impression. I'll post this on the on the Twitter. It's, yeah. Um the but yeah, not, not, saying yeah. talking about her playing Marie Osmond. Like yeah, it's specific to the time, but also the visual of of Donnie and Marie. They're singing Christmas songs, and then suddenly they're just making out. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> it's it's the classic like incest mm -hmm. joke. Um, is it Brad Hall? Which is bizarre to say. No, it's Gary Kroger. Oh, okay. And it's hilarious yeah like i said i remember people talking about that in well into my childhood uh even though it was years and years and years after it okay. happened um but yeah she i don't know it, she she did she made light in her monologue about her time there but frankly i mean she had a lot of good stuff if you watch through those few seasons i mean that's this that's a good season her first one that's the one where eddie murphy hosted while still being a cast member 48 hours oh, yeah. New York live from New York it's the Eddie Murphy show 48 like, hours yeah the, yeah um, <laughs> shout out to hangovers for giving him that opportunity shout um, out to Nick Nolte I think yeah. it was yeah it was Nick, Nick Nolte. Nolte yeah um yeah that's the year that Andy Kaufman got kicked off SNL and was finding different oh, ways yeah. to, uh, to to come back on um yeah that's it's I think SNL fans because Lauren wasn't there tend to be like Oh, the lost years, and I don't think that's fair. There was some really good stuff during that time, which I think again, I will go down with this ship. So yeah, I um, mean, people people conflate the eighty to eighty one year as the entire period where he wasn't on the show, and that's just not right. What it was, you know, right? 
Yeah, that's true. Well, Eddie, the Eddie the Gene Domanian year is not that entire five year absence. Eddie Murphy was an amazing. Pick. There's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing particularly wrong with the Dick Eversall years. No. No, it's it. No, it was like it was that woman who was in charge that 1980 year, wasn't it? Gene, Gene Domanian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then, um, well, they were co-in-charge, weren't they? Like, it was, it was both of them, Maybe. and then yeah. she got out, I think. She, I think she took the fall She did, like, the, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think so. Um, but whatever the case, yeah, no, that, that time period wasn't all bad, despite Lauren not being there. And I think while I would continually go to bat that he is the lifeblood of the show, I also think, like, hey, that's, those are some years of great comedy. Don't ignore it. Absolutely. Um, yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's Julia Dreyfus. I mean, she did some bad uh, B-movies, C-movies. Um, yes. But five years off the show, maybe four, you get Seinfeld, the Seinfeld Chronicles. Actually, she probably didn't get it until 1990. So, about five years. And, yeah, that's true. Um, she wasn't, she wasn't on the pilot, yeah. And it was the thing that defined her. And great character. Leads to watching... Watching Some Ellie. Of us think her she defining... had a show. She had a show with Brad Hall before that, though. Did she? Was that day by day? I'm not placing it day by day. That's what is it is. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, I would never have been able to remember that title. Wait, Hot American in Summer. A million years, but yeah. I think I think just somebody mentioned it on Twitter last night, and that was the only reason I I knew of it. A new yeah. new Adventures of Old Christine yes, syndication day by day, machine. The, that sequence and. Veep. Day the by day. Day by day, by day, day by day, centered day on day Brian day 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 day. married couple, successful careers, teenage son, and they have their second. Were they child. married they both at that point? Quit their jobs. Um, by eighty nine, probably. Seinfeld. I think it was okay. I think it was nineteen eighty seven. You married. are you are correct. Was that when Gilda died? Uh, a couple Gilda years died. Before. Gilda died in nineteen eighty nine. I think. Uh, yeah. Taylor Swift was the uh, respawning. Yeah, that's. What I happened. think that's. I think that's literally a thing I've said before. Actually, <laughs> is that Gilda Radner died and she regenerated into Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've made that joke, which is a. Yeah, that's a, a very clear, clear entrance point into my sense of humor. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, I am what I am. <laughs> so anyway, we, day by day. Day by day. day. D A Y B apostrophe D A Y. David A. Successful, <laughs> er, er, successful career people quit their job and start a daycare out of their home. Er, classic sitcom classic. premise. Two seasons on NBC. David Day reminds me of the scene from the classic 2004 um, Nickelodeon movie with Keenan Thompson. The same year he started Fat Albert, which uh, we can still talk about. We could still talk about enjoy Fat Albert, just even though uh, Bill Cosby had a cameo in there and created the character. But there was. One of the listen, I refuse okay, to ignore that movie. Er, early, yes, <laughs> early DVD uh, joke when one of the Fat Albert gang members members um, <laughs> like it's a, like it's one of the the most dangerous gangs, the Fat Albert gang members versus the Bloods. Um, no, there was a poster that said this movie coming soon to DVD, and one character was like, "What's a dividend?" And Dividend, oh yep. no! It was, it was 2004, so That's... it was reasonable. Well, that, then that reminds me of—I um, don't know if either of you had the privilege of owning the movie Zoolander on DVD. I didn't. But in the in the, in the DVD main menu of Zoolander, there was a whole thing of Zoolander talking about like you—you've bought this movie mm-hmm. on Divida. 
Yeah. Yes. And that was a hilarious that is a true joke statement. in our household for well weeks upon weeks. Now, and I believe they're both Paramount movies because Nickelodeon and Paramount would be intertwined. Um, they definitely reused that joke. <laughs> <laughs> and what a joke to reuse. Well, what a joke. I mean, honestly, of course no one in the Fat Albert gang knew how to like what a DVD was. Of course not, because they were cartoons. Racist. Was that movie set in the 70s? No, it was set okay. in present day. That's weird. Because okay. they had to be able to use modern R&B in order to oh, make the soundtrack course. work. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, they we had should, to have, we should uh, watch that movie. They had to have they had to have Keenan Thompson rap. Right. Cuz I mean, what else are you going to use Keenan Thompson for? I often th- <laughs> Okay. I often think about the fact This is a sidebar. That, <laughs> that he had to wear a fat suit for that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that a lot. He he shot that like, like right before he got he got on SNL yeah. in 2003 or 2004. Maybe, yeah. 2003. He definitely, he definitely shot Fat Albert His first, His second though. year as a featured player was when Jimmy left. It, it was yeah. weird. He, he, like, stars in Fat Albert, and then he's a featured player mm-hmm. on SNL. Well, but, I mean, at that point, his career was years and years. Oh, yeah. At, at least what he started. Because mm. he was on All That in the 90s. He needs and All That was... Mm, he was on for, like, five or six years. I what year All That was. All That, I want to say, was... Ninety five. Yeah, it six. sounds sounds right. Because it was a very young let's not know. Let's not know. I'm gonna know. Let's not know. You. Okay, Can we talk about Julie Dreyfus's best performance of all time, though, which is as the um, the oh. irritating the irritated neighbor in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, she she is that. That's a that's a. Speaking of Christmas Vacation, stop on her career. Speaking of Christmas Vacation, yeah. did you watch the premiere of the Detour on TBS? Oh, I did. That's a good. That's a good segue. So the Detour has premiered on TBS. It's a new sitcom starring Jason Jones. Um, you may know it as that thing that was being promoted during uh, the NCAA Final Four on TBS a lot. You may also know it as the reason Jason Jones was relegated to a very awkward and brief stilted pre-taped cameo in the last episode of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart's mm-hmm. family comedy, Road Trip Gone Awry, where he is married to Natalie Z, who you'll know if you Justified. watch Justified. Uh, you may yeah. also know her if you watch The Following. If you watch The Following on Fox, I'm sorry for you. I wish I could have helped you. I wish I could have saved you from that. Um, it's two episodes of aired so far. Uh, the show is going to premiere on Thursday night in Canada on the Comedy Network. Oh, damn. Um, okay. I would recommend, Brand, that you watch it. It's you you went over to the border to watch it. I did. I went Niagara over Falls. the border and I watched it on TV. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was yeah. all totally legal, you guys. Yeah. It was it was fine. No, um, you did. Don't no. worry about it. Um, yeah. So um, how was um, how was the shopping in uh, in the states? Oh, it was deals? amazing. I had all kinds of fun at JCPenney. I'll bring you home the flyer. Okay. Okay. It was, it was great. Um, yeah, no, TBS comedies, they're, they're revamping the brand. Um, I, they're slowly I, but surely building up a little arsenal. Uh, the detour was renewed. I, the detour was renewed. I enjoy Andy Trebekka. Uh, that is going to premiere again in June to make the... Because mm-hmm. they were going to premiere season two. A week later, but I think what is happened that is what happened? I think what happened is like, wait, maybe we have a good show here. Let's push this mm-hmm. so we can actually be considered for the next year's Emmy as well as this year's Emmy. So that has to be what happened. Um, also, with okay. the Detour, um, they have Samantha B and Jason Jones as producers on both Full Frontal and the Detour. So 
and they also extended Samantha B um, for the rest of the year. So it's like a, a long-term investment in the Which, couple. God bless. They also have a show that's kind of like an indie sort of thing uh, called Search Party with Alia Shawkat, which is... What's the alien thing they have coming up? It, with, I think um, it's W... No, it's, no, it's, it's Wyatt Cenac. Yes, Wyatt Cenac, that's it. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, who is that? Yeah, it's coming soon. Yeah, it's another it's another Daily Show guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've been liking the detour. They've done two episodes so far. Um, I'll watch. It's kind of... It's a very specific energy. Like, a lot of the enjoyment I get from the show comes from the kids. I feel like when you have kids on a show like that, you have to walk a really fine line between... Um, how sort of clever and precocious you make the kids versus if they're going to be too like annoying. And well, did you guys see the vacation? I think reboot? that I did not. I never watched. Okay. That. Say that one more time, Brian. Oh, the vacation reboot. No, I don't. All right, it. It, I watched part of it and then it, stopped. Yeah, it, it seemed too gross out for my taste. So. It's not that I didn't like what I was seeing. I just had to leave to go to rehearsal. <laughs> okay, it, it it has. It's very crass, and the kids can be annoying, but there is a lot of good humor there, and especially when you have cameos from great comedic actors like Nick Kroll and uh, and Tim Heidecker and Charlie Day, which really lighten up the whole thing. Uh, so, and these reminds me of that. So I'm 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 gonna enjoy it, and it's interesting to see a long form take on that vacation uh, sitcom, and I'm really interested to see where that goes. So yeah, you convinced me. Watch the detour. Um, and uh, Vacation Reboot, written by John Francis Daly, yeah, who, of course, we all know, star... I was going to say Bones, but... <laughs> okay. I also try. was going to say Bones. Do you mean The Finder? <laughs> do you mean The Finder? Oh, The Finder. That's sad. I watched That's The Finder. I, I liked Bones. The Finder and... Um, Jeff Stoltz. Just makes me, yeah, Hunt I know. Duncan. That just makes me sad because it's like one of those things. Oh, where he would. Yeah, he would have. If they had had to have had, if they'd had to have done like a one more season, year, they would have had to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, news brief. Uh, this has been the case since March. I did not realize, and it's big news for our show because Brooks Whelan has actually been cast in an ABC yeah. pilot, um, the show Pearl, um, and there is great reason to believe that this is a show that's going to be picked up because it's a comedy mm-hmm. uh, drama hybrid, but it is actually Shonda Rhimes. And Brooks Whelan is in the oh. cast. Now that would be some exposure for him. That's very interesting. And, and we're going to talk about this more when we uh, get down to what shows were actually picked up and what, are, what we think are going to get picked up, but we'll do that when we return on May 8th. When we when we do our May fourteenth episode of SNL, that is just a coded upfronts podcast. Yeah, we might even need to do a special episode, but we we're, we're going to be all up in that anyway. Brooks Whelan right. is part of it, uh, so brace yourselves, everyone. And also, if he could get a show like an ABC show from Shonda Rhimes, like this, like this long after, like every person mm-hmm. from that season got something else except for John Milheiser. I'd be pretty happy about that. I mean, Hold that hope. So. Camp Dakota yeah. was the one thing. Um, <laughs> hopefully Lady Gaga invites him on the next tour so they could dance together. Um, it's the year it's of the wheel. I can feel it. It's not out of the question. It's not out of the question. The other thing that happened is we happened to be discussing Mad TV on the last episode. Why would CW do a a reunion special if they weren't planning on bringing it back and before i even posted the episode on the next day cw announced that they are bringing back 
Mad T Mad TV. And it was actually Brandon that said it was, that. It was really eerie, yeah. I mean, it won't, like, could not have, the timing could not have been more coincidental that we just brought mm-hmm. this up, that, like, why would they not bring the show back? And then, like, the next day, I was at work, and suddenly CW has revived Mad TV in primetime, and I was like, well, okay, that, at least that makes sense now. The speculation is that certain cast members are coming back. I'm going to put my money on Bobby Lee. Uh, that just yeah. seems like he needs something to do. Just go back on Mad TV, bro. That's what it is. Um, it's this love is a yourself, charity Bobby project Lee. for Take Bobby Lee. It's it's a very honestly though. It's definitely a very positive thing to have um, the return of West Coast uh, West Covina, no West Coast um, sketch comedy West to return. Um, because I mean, this is another way that we get talent. Like we have Keen Peel. We have all those people from Mad TV mm-hmm. who are sort of big now. Michael McDonald, who is a big, Mike who's Barinholtz, a big TV director. Yeah. Josh Myers, who I took a picture of yeah. eating popcorn. And we, <laughs> we, 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 we could use Mad TV back. I know Party Over Here. Yeah. Is has a certain level of uh, sketch comedy, but it's 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 within those three people who seem they're not going to leave the show. I, I don't think they're going to replace mm-hmm. those guys unless they break up. I don't think but, so. It's like know. they're specifically their vision, you know. Yeah, well, it, that, I don't that's see... a show. It would be weird if they tried to replace one or any of them like that. I don't think that yeah. would work. Well, yeah, it I... doesn't seem like the kind of thing where like party over here is a franchise that they will keep. I on top of these segues, like, guys tonight. Um, these these three are obviously um, a pairing. Speaking of like Mad TV alums who do good things, I I'm not really a mad or uh, an at midnight viewer anymore. I was always really impressed when Arden Marin went on at midnight. I always thought she was mm-hmm. really funny on that show. Yeah. No, I have also it's off I I have dropped off viewership, but every so often I hear about someone on, and I always want to watch the episode because I know. Well, and, see, I go, even if I, don't, I check. Yeah, even if I don't like, I don't necessarily think Chris Hardwick is the funniest guy in terms of like a comedian, but yeah. he as a delivery system for interviewing people on his podcast and also getting those people together, do like tuxedo guys or whatever weird jokes yeah. within that show, um, and comedy like comedians just riffing off each other it's it's a great concept for a show i don't think i'm not able to watch it every night but i i i applaud it and i just found out that carrot top was on this week was he well yeah i can't believe that hasn't happened already i there was one point where i did fully intend to like write something um just for like uh, my own blog or something just like how interesting it is that like at Midnight was the first kind of TV show written for this world of, like, two-screen experiences where, like, yeah. the television was the second screen and not the first one. And that was kind of an interesting revolution almost, even if it is just this, like, silly little show. Points. Um, <laughs> guys, um, check out – I mean, I don't know what the order is, but Party Over Here um, is – they had a compilation last night. And they're still doing. Yeah, they've only done they've only done four episodes so far, <laughs> and then they took last week off, and last night was a best of episode. Yeah, um, it was which, you know, it was a choice. That's fine, but it was good because it gave Bram a chance to to see what they've been up well, to lately. They did a the thing I really liked was the they did a mansplaining hotline, which was yeah, like, oh my god, it, it. it was the guys who get off on on mansplaining to um, clueless women, and it would be like topics like sports because women don't understand sports and um ray women ray from star wars the force do not get sports Bru- <laughs> yeah bruce channeling um yep. 
Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> it was perfect. It was a perfect moment. Um, Ray in Star Wars The Force Awakens is a Mary Sue, which I think was a <laughs> yeah. thing that Max Landis, um, the famed screenwriter, uh, was a part of. And yeah, that was a good sketch. Um, they're doing... They're doing fun stuff. They're doing sharp. Yeah. Um, there was one song that was pretty much about like internet safe spaces. Uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Too. They are doing stuff that isn't working, but whenever you have the chance to put the best stuff in a compilation, it seems pretty sharp. So I would say mm-hmm. it's a show you could watch weekly. It seems you know what like I think it's would be well. like baller is if just next week we put out a show that was like the best of the feature players. <laughs> Yes. It was like a five. It was like a five-hour show, of just like. Please do everything. that. <laughs> That's very. We just edit all the episodes together as a joke. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it, it's exactly it's just, as it's not. Yeah. It's, it is not. You guys actually taking clips that are like your favorite. You guys could introduce each clip, like, uh, and here we have Bram's pick for number three, and it's just your entire first episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're doing that. <laughs> I would. I would love. That. People hate it. But it's yeah, so well. funny. I don't. It doesn't even matter. Um, okay. Um, has anyone seen Jungle Book yet? <laughs> no. I'm going no. to. But uh, but I but I know what you asked. Why you asked? Because it, I saw it did a hundred and something million dollars over the weekend. I thought it was ninety. Is it hundred? Apparently, this is the first. It was like a hundred and two or hundred three million. Apparently, this is the first year where four movies have done over a hundred million dollars, like before the summer. That's awesome. Well, yeah. that makes sense. Well, well, we had we had <laughs> big movies sense. being pushed early in the year, particularly Batman vs Superman, just because they didn't want to push it yeah. into the next summer. And Deadpool, they didn't want it going up against Civil War. So, which one? Civil War, yeah. Uh, they, they, yeah, yeah. Um, that's gonna be big. Good um, it's a good time to avoid spoilers for Civil War right now. Um, the yes. joke I was gonna make with the jun- Jungle Book was, I'm looking forward to the uh, Chumba Wamba Jungle Book. Chum, Chumba Wumba Junga book, if you will. Um, oh, Bram, we get knocked down, but we get up again. Yeah, we're we're tub thumping all day. Um, oh, you know, guys, uh, excited for Dick Tracy two? It's gonna happen. That that's happening. Yeah, uh, Warren Brady's gonna Wasn't, make Dick Tracy two. Didn't the first Mark movie come out like thirty years ago? In nineteen ninety, I think. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Tracy two. Hopefully the um, the yellow jackets become greater in value, so Ron Funches can finally uh, make a dollar. <laughs> it's a bit of a cruel show reference there. Um, also, Fox uh, Fox announced that, or I guess J- James Cameron, that Avatar four is happening. So pretty much every time they delay Avatar, which at this point it came out in two thousand and nine, mm-hmm. so it's gonna take. Well, I think. It's going to take nine years. I think he announced Avatar 5 was happening, didn't he? Yeah, it's going to take nine years for for the first sequel to get to the screen. And now we're doing Avatar, yeah, 5, which we don't even know if there's interest in Avatar 2 at this this point. Every time they delay these movies, they have to add a new sequel. I loved his explanation of why he's doing avatar 2 you guys saw that right that little thing that was floating around the internet that basically some some person just said like 
oh, like I don't even know the names of anyone in that movie. And he was like, what if we, what if we made people know the names of the of the movies? Like, what if we created a whole Avatar verse? Who was the so guy? Basically, we're getting we're getting four Avatar sequels because James Cameron is very petty, <laughs> and he cannot handle that he he did not win the Academy Awards. He felt so great <laughs> were deserved to him. Here's here's the thing. I am a person, like, I deeply appreciate James Cameron, and yet I am exhausted by the very mention of that many Avatar movies. I liked the first one okay. Like, I don't know, I'm, come on, guys, five is so many. many I never saw Avatar, is that bad? No, don't worry about it. Hey, don't stress yourself out. Okay. You I'm not like eager to catch yourself. up. You would have loved it at the time. At the time, probably. I don't know, man. It looked amazing. I was. I didn't see God. Titanic in full. Sorry, until who, like who is that actor who was also in Clash of the Titans that they were trying to make a thing and now he's kind of just not doing anything anymore? Oh, Sam Huntington. Is Sam that Huntington. Is it Huntington? Who also, yeah, who was in Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen and Martin Short. Okay. Whoa. Boy. That's... He he is um oh my god what's his character's name? He was in the movie Cake with Jennifer Aniston. In Avatar. <laughs> Sam Huntington. It's, I don't I don't know. What is his name? It was it was his guys? Oscar her Oscar play. It was a horrible movie called I'm Cake. I'm sure it's something something ridiculous. Um, it's uh something ex- vaguely offensive because ex- he grew up in the jungle with his doctor mother. Excuse the sounds of my typing, listeners. Um. He played Mimi Siku. Ooh, yeah, that's that's a choice. That's a choice. That oh, hang on. The culmination of the plot is Tim Allen shooting a fly with a dart. Like that's what that movie is, and it's so good. It's a good All movie. right, no, this is not Classic. Sam Huntington. Is somebody else? Is um, it Sam something? Starts some of the isn't it? I think Sam it might be Worthington. You know what? It's probably easier if I just search Avatar. Sam Huntington is a different guy. Just Sam keep... Worthington is is Avatar. That okay? See, that says something that he's supposed to be lead, leading this franchise. And Sam Worthington. Nine true. years later. And in my ma- in in my head, it's literally Sam Huntington, and I can't picture anybody else. He was else. in Terminator Salvation, I think. Yes, he was in Avatar as Jake Sully. Yeah. Because that's a badass name. Yeah, Jake. The, yeah, he's the doing... other day on my show, Avatar came up, and um, the best we could come up with, like, naming an Avatar quote was, hey, it sucks how my legs don't work, from his character, and that's, <laughs> that that's pretty, all we got, guys. That's pretty good. That's a good line. <laughs> that's it. Did you know Sam Worthington is English? I think so. Or, no. or rather, he's English-born Australian. I knew, I knew he was something. They're usually something these days. Literally, no one cares where he's from. <laughs> you got it. Ouch. Got some movie recommendations. You know, I bet, I'm sure Sam Worthington the, cares. Okay, but taking it back though, the SNL Avatar taking sketch is very funny. That sketch is great. Very. So it would have been almost would have been almost six years ago, or it would have been six years ago, which is crazy oh, to me. Six years ago, yeah. Um, I got some movie recommendations. Uh, just came out on Friday. Just movies I happened to see. Uh, Green Room with Patrick Stewart. It's a great movie. You shouldn't miss. Uh, I saw it in TIFF. Uh, Sing Street, the new John Carney movie. If you like the movie yeah. Begin Again uh, with uh, Keira, Keira, Knightley, yeah, Keira Knightley and Adam Levine, whoever else was in that movie. 
uh, Kids in Ireland, pretty much a YouTube story starting a band. Also out now, it has a great soundtrack to it. Uh, Barbershop 3, um, Kenya Barris, uh, the writer of that great Blackish episode that we were talking about on the show, uh, wrote Barbershop 3, and it has that, um, that same spirit of uh, gun violence in America, particularly Chicago. Yeah, so these are all like very critically, highly critically reviewed movies that came out this weekend. Like they were all above ninety percent. So yeah, those are some good movies. Yeah, Brands Movie Corner. All right, I also we'll, have we'll, a film we'll recommendation. Go, go for it. Yeah, it is uh, the Julia Louis Dreyfus vehicle Geppetto, also starring Drew Carey. Boom. That is that's my recommendation. It's from the year two thousand, which is the thousand years less than the Jonas Brothers went to, but that's not important. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we can move on to Brendan's TV corner then. I've got a TV recommendation for you. Don't know if you guys have heard of the show. I'm sure I have. Sopranos. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it's about some mobsters. It's, it's on the new HBO. I don't know if you guys subscribe. Did they, did they wear... Did they wear you? Oh, I subscribe. Did they wear you? I think it's... I do, too. Did, did they do they use huge jewelry? Oh, so you got to watch Larry Sanders. They, they, wear... they do. They wear some huge jewelry. At the I'm going to watch Larry club. Sanders on my box set because I'm a real fan. <sighs> I got Larry Sanders from the library, and it was a best of, and then they, and then, then it was on Netflix years later, and I watched it then. Beth just told anybody who watches Larry Sanders' show on HBO Go to suck it. I'm very surprised yeah. that Gary Shandling died before Rip Torn. R.I.P. Yeah, who would have R.I.P. <laughs> Torn? Their celebrity death poll. R.I.P. Hey. Torn. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, we've hit the two-hour mark, so maybe it's time to stop rambling and wrap this shit up. <laughs> I I got that. I got it's very rare that in. we naturally come in before two hours, and I think we were just like, "Hey, let's have fun with these last ten minutes." I, I I wanted to get through all my notes, and I did, so I'm happy. Well, there Yay. you go. And it only took five minutes of discussion of Sam Worthington to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Worth it. Beth, worthing it. Uh, it, was, it was great having you on the show, and you could do your plugs. Well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Beth Gooden. There's... You can listen to my show on SoundCloud and iTunes. It's called The Adios Amigos. We talk about canceled television. We're currently on Happy Endings. Uh, we release on Mondays and Wednesdays, sometimes. Uh, we also are currently on a hiatus. So, well, actually, when this episode comes out, we'll, we'll be our last week before, uh, before our hiatus. But... So listen to the two episodes we're releasing this week, but and then don't listen to us. In this time, weeks. you could subscribe to the show on SoundCloud <laughs> and iTunes, and, and you could leave, leave a review, reviews. because those are always nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Catch up and on the on the back catalog. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also, again, want to plug Geppetto starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and that's it. Good plug. Good plug. Great plug. Good Good apps. <laughs> good apps. Um, okay, so that has been... Shout out to Mike and Omar. Yeah, great Harris Whittles <laughs> joke. Um, is this how you feel like a, a third wheel, Brendan? You know what? I, how, I, how was I, it? I regret, I regret saying that. You, you both made me feel very welcome here. Yeah, you're darn right. I had a lovely time. Thank made you, you. We, you. We made you feel welcome in our home. Yes. And hey, I only slipped and called him babe once. I did hear that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's true. And That's you know what? Impressive. Nobody's listening anymore, so it's okay. That's you know what? You're right. That's true. People checked out as soon as we said the name Sam Worthington. 
We saw so, him hooked okay. on Sam Huntington. Okay. And then we realized our mistake. We lost them. And then they were like, oh, you're not even talking about Sam Huntington? Well, and then mm. they threw their computer on the ground. Beth Gooden, yep. please away. come back soon. Um, yes. Yeah. We right. definitely would like you to come back soon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe. Fine. Maybe. Whatever. We'll see. I mean. Well, you know, we'll see what the future holds. You have, you have, some, you have some connections there. Um, yeah. <laughs> My people will talk to your people. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. Um, the board will approve any. The, the, the person who runs our Twitter account. Um, <laughs> so, we are the featured players. We are the featured players on SoundCloud. We are featured SNL at featured SNL on Twitter. Please follow that whenever you have a, a prediction concerning the featured players or about uh, who's going to host SNL or anything. Uh, and if you want to just engage us, featured SNL on Twitter. Um, Either me or Brandon. You will never beat my prediction. Brandon. So. Um, no, you really, really won't ever beat Beth's eerily good prediction of what's coming. Yeah, on SNL we should episodes. make her do it every week, um, and just, just make, make fun of her up. when she's wrong. I'm down. Yeah. Um, That's true, and I'll be wrong a lot. Yeah, yeah, uh, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, and we are also on Facebook. Feature players. I mean, I just got a ton of new likes on there because I sent a bunch of invite requests. Um, and iTunes, please leave us a review. Uh, share the show if you like it, because uh, definitely yeah, any kind of marketing helps. The reviews are great, especially if you're an American, um, which <laughs> we actually have better new and noteworthy status there than Canada now, which is cool to have. Oh, yeah, my show got new and noteworthy today. Saw that. Again. There cool. you go. In, in the new category. Um, in the new category. Yes. Oh, you and, guys switched? And, and Brendan, sure. uh, we are on Tumblr still so the future <laughs> players is on tumblr whatever and whatever and it's it's a real thing that exists so find you that, send that me the felt, link to this that felt eerily done. like general uh, francis mofreco is still dead. and and like, that felt a and lot to be like honest that. beth might be our only follower but we're still on tumblr <laughs> because we're sharing the links out mm-hmm. well that's why we love beth yeah beth knew about the tumblr and i didn't a lot of reasons why we love beth um Okay, this is a great, Aww. this is a great, and, and now, so that has been uh, an episode of the Featured Players, Brendan Noel-Wells, Bram Stoker-Benderoff. Have a good one, guys. Have a good one. Oh, God. <laughs> See what we did there? I do. <laughs> I've seen what every person who's ever met me has done there for the past 21 years of life. Uh, apologies, then. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, that's good. Good, good show. Hot mics. <laughs>